Thank you very much. That's wonderful. It's a date next Saturday. Isn't that right, Adam? A date next Saturday. To, if you want to come and hear and uh, possibly join in with clapping and clicking with the choir, that would be fantastic. So then, I have precisely three minutes to do four pages. So I'm going to abandon my address. Those of you who know me, am I still microphoned as I move or am I just shouting louder than normal? Those of you who know me will know that I have written four pages. I also have to thin communion and um, so therefore it's going to be a shortened address. However, I didn't on this day, this auspicious day, the day after the day after our wedding anniversary, 27 years, thank you very much. For you can come in now, Andrew, okay, there we go. Um, obviously, for him, it was a great, um, great course of 27 years. It, it is great patience, isn't it, being married to somebody like me? Because, I mean, let's look. Let's look at one of the wedding photos. This is what he married into. Can you see the photo of the mother-in-law? The one on the left, it does have to be said. But sadly for Andrew, the one on the right is also related to me and she has to be, or did, because she's long since gone, 27 years later, not many people of that age last that long afterwards. But my great-aunt Isabel was one of my favourite, favourite relatives ever. She was an indomitable woman, I can't even say it, but she had... When we're talking about stubborn prayer, she had some of the characteristics that would have been good for stubborn prayer. Auntie Isabel then, she had, you can't see under the hat, but she had bright orange hair. She wore very bright colours, usually purple that clashed with the orange. She had lots of cats. She had a tortoise that scurried around her house. And really, she and my mother got on quite well, really. You can turn the light off again. I mean, obviously, there's only so much of Sally's relatives that you can bear. Andrew married into this 27 years ago. He is a, he is a brave man, and I'm actually quite surprised that his heart lasted as long as it did. Anyway, as we, <laughs> as we carry on think about that not only I mean I come from a line of really quite to put it charitably stubborn women and I mean I'm not always that stubborn am I Andrew no no <laughs> but myself and my mother you might have noted in the photo the George chin that juts um, I also have that thankfully Emily and James don't have that it has been weeded out as the generations have gone on, but we were really the George Chin that juts and says stubbornly, I'm not to be, the lady is not to turn. You know, if you make your mind up about something and you're sure that it's right, then the Georges, as I'm from, those actually did not change their minds. And my Auntie Isabel was like that. My mum, I, I can remember an argument between my mum and my Auntie Isabel once when I was a child, because my Auntie Isabel used to come every fortnight to our house at Sunday afternoon tea, and she used to feed us sweets. And my mum was one of these people who, ahead of their time, didn't like anything sugary for her children. You can tell by my physique that, obviously, I took after Auntie Isabel rather than her. But anyway, but she used to come and feed us sweets. And I can remember one day my mum kind of obviously working up to this argument said, it would be better if we had something a little more healthy to bring as a gift. And there was this kind of, and I can remember this war of words when these two women argued about um, myself and my sister Heather. And they negotiated and eventually they compromised on chocolate home wheat and bananas. So, I, I could just, my sister and I could dive, well, we could just digest a whole packet of chocolate home wheat in one afternoon when Aunt Isabel was watching and my mother was watching from a bit of a distance. But anyway, so therefore we come from this stock of stubborn women in the nicest possible way because it does say, doesn't it, in the Bible that we are to be stubborn. We are to be, as it says, persistent in prayer. And this brings me on to a Bible reading, one from Thessalonians 5, 
verse 16 to 28 rather than 24. Thank you, Felicity. And you are no way stubborn. You're very nice, Felicity. Please do come and read. I didn't choose the reader for today. This reading about can you be... I think we can all be stubborn, can't we, from time to time. Reading from Thessalonians. Thank you, Felicity. Uh, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 16 to 28. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in every situation because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't suppress the spirit. Don't brush off spirit-inspired messages. But examine everything carefully and hang on to what is good. Avoid every kind of evil. Now, May the God of peace himself cause you to be completely dedicated to him. And may your spirit, soul and body be kept intact and blameless at our Lord Jesus Christ's coming. The one who is calling you is faithful and will do this. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all brothers and sisters with a holy kiss. By the Lord's authority, I order all of you to have this letter read aloud to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with all of you. Amen. So then, really, as far as I can see, that reading gives us, well, it gives us license to be stubborn because it says pray constantly pray continually pray without ceasing and then God if you like is challenging us to have a stubbornness about our prayer life because it is human nature isn't it to be fair weather prayers you hear about something or you feel you want something and you pray and then when it doesn't happen you think oh well that didn't work and you just give up but in that reading it's talking about being persistent in prayer and it's talking about if you like a kind of a maturity in prayer life isn't it sometimes we can be like that child that I was when I knew Auntie Isabel that I want something you know and then you you ask God and you want something and when he doesn't give it to you first of all you, you kind of give up don't you really but he says that he wants us to have that maturity he wants us to have that persistence he wants us to if you like walk in relationship and develop and mature so that as we walk towards something which indeed might even be God's will for our life that we work on it together and we have that deepening of our prayer life I guess what we're saying is that you might think that something's unanswered prayer but actually it's something more to do with God's timing Sometimes it takes a while for our prayers actually seemingly to be answered. But God is working on it because actually our prayer life is something about our relationship with God. It's our interaction between us and him. So then, as we think about prayers, how many of our prayers have been kind of instant stuff that we want God to do something, we pray and then it doesn't happen, we give up? But maybe you've had times when you've prayed constantly. Can you think of times when you've actually had something on your heart to pray for a long time? Thinking about persistence in prayer at this time of year in Lent, we could perhaps think about that prayer that is hard work, that Jesus himself gave really the ultimate example of. You can remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, perhaps, when Jesus prayed without ceasing. 
just before he was to be condemned to die. He prayed earnestly, it says, and sweat was like drops of blood from his head coming onto the ground. That was desperate prayer. That was consistent prayer. And yet, whilst this was going on, what were his best friends doing? They were completely ignoring him. They were asleep. They were, it says in one of the charitable gospels, they were exhausted with sorrow, but I think they were just exhausted. Why are you sleeping, said Jesus? Get up and pray, Jesus cried. Could you men not keep watch with me for an hour? Get up and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. So where in that circumstance were the tenacious, stubborn, great Aunt Isabel's of prayer? Later, we read that by the cross stood Jesus' mother, his aunt, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, faithful and stubborn, their chins jutting to the end. If you picture that scene, the fleeing disciples or the constant women and one or two men by the cross, just think about that. Where are you in that scene? And then reflect a little on what Jesus said about being faithful and about being persistent in prayer from our next reading from Luke 18, verse 1 to 8. The parable of the persistent widow. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said... In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Thank you, Colin. You might remember another passage in the Bible where it talks about ask and seek. Knock the door and it will be open to you. And and just that whole idea that Jesus kind of concept that sometimes it takes a bit of getting through, a bit of actually persisting to have the answer to prayer in the timing that we want it. Be persistent in prayer, it says. And I think we all have perhaps prayed with ceasing and prayed discontinually. So we've all also prayed and nothing seemed to happen. But usually, I think, unanswered prayer isn't wrong prayer. It's just abandoned prayer. God calls us then, if you've not got any other point from this morning, apart from the music is brilliant, God calls us to a prayerful stubbornness through until breakthrough. And, well, sometimes when we pray and we pray for a bit, 
we might not have realised that breakthrough was almost there, but it's almost like we've let go of it. And I just want to explain to you what I mean by that and what I mean by what God actually is asking us to do in prayer. I'll just give you this illustration, and then we will get on with communion. Otherwise, it will be a very, very long service. When we pray, God puts on our hearts what he has for mind in mind for us or in mind for others or in mind for our community or in mind for the world. In other words, he gives us a vision. Blessed are those who actually see that vision because they've taken time to, to listen to God. And God will say, I want this for this person. I want healing for this person. I want breakthrough spiritually in this community. And he'll give us, if you like, his kind of distinct God's view on it. And what he does is he calls people to stand in the gap between what he actually wants to happen and what's actually going on now. So you might say, I want to pray for somebody. And then God calls people to pray. And he calls them, if you like, to to pull down that vision, pull down that reality and bring them together. So, So heaven comes down to earth. But that if you like, that gap in between God's vision for what should happen in an individual life or in the life of community or church and what actually is happening in reality at the time when we begin to pray, there is this kind of gap. There is this kind of intercessionary kind of hole that needs to be bridged. And God calls people to pray into that and calls people to, if you like, draw down heaven's reality into earth. So there will be a gap. Sometimes the gap's instant like that, but sometimes it takes some time. And what happens if we begin to pray, as we all do? Yeah, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you once, maybe even twice. But as we pray, if we get to be praying, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and think, actually, this isn't working, and then let go, that doesn't actually happen. God calls us to pull together. And if you're pulling something together and let go, we're not engaging and asking that reality to happen on earth. Prayer is God calling us to bring heaven's reality down and we're engaged in it. Otherwise, we would be like, God would be like puppeteer and we would just be doing exactly once. And he's actually given us and calls us into that place of prayer, that place of stubborn, persistent prayer. He calls us to pray into being what he wants. So the spiritual, if you like, comes into the natural If you think of your own individual lives, has God ever given you something and you think, yeah, I really, really think that's what my, my calling, my passion is for life, and then just left it at that? God's actually calling you to, to actually walk in that. And, and, uh, to, and, and as you pray and as you listen to him for it, he'll put steps in place and he'll build that path to actually bring about that calling that he has upon your life. One example, and I'll be very brief, is the cafe for, for the church at Lynn was a calling, wasn't it? And I mean, Sue's here this morning. We had a brilliant, well, you had a brilliant birthday party. I was actually away, but yesterday for the cafe, five years. But it was 10 years and more coming from that, that vision that was in Sue's mind, that vision that was in my mind, a vision in other people's minds, actually into reality in the place. It took a long time. And what you do is you listen to God and you pray in stuff. You pray in the steps that actually brings that into a reality. So what it is, is that God births, he conceives in us a vision for our lives or for, for an activity or something. He then births it, and sometimes that process can be quite uncomfortable. And then he, you, you get to fulfill that vision. But then 
The next step, which actually is almost a more difficult one, is to walk in that vision, either for your life or for the life of the church or the community or the world. And, but yet that is a process, an ongoing process. And Sue, if you ask her afterwards, would tell you about how walking in that vision isn't always simple. Even five years on, there are challenges, things that block that vision and things that actually make it difficult. And we are called to continue to be stubborn in prayer for God. So today, for you, maybe today, and it's rather auspicious when we open the prayer room, maybe today is the day when for the very first time you actually, God conceives in you the passion to actually have a relationship with him and to pray. Maybe today God wants to bring that kind of prayerful rebirth in your life. You've prayed in the past, but it didn't kind of work, and and you kind of let things drop as you gave up praying as, as God continued to lead you on. I pray that today, this day when we dedicate that prayer room, and as we continue to look at the whole subject of prayer, some way, something of heaven will come down to earth and come into your heart and actually inspire you to move forward and to grow from the infants who say, please give it to me, to those actually think, what's really good for you? Are we getting the sweets or are we getting the digestive biscuits and the wholesome bananas of God? Do we actually need to move forward into a determination and a maturity in prayer? Just let's pray for a moment and then we'll lead into communion. We thank you, Father, for your love for us. We thank you for the reality that you so loved the world that you gave your one and only Son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But when Jesus came, the earthly reality was that people sinned, people messed up, people didn't have a relationship with you. We thank you that you boldly stepped out and gave the ultimate sacrifice. Heaven came down to earth in the person of Jesus, your son. And we thank you that Jesus then made a path to us for new life, for forgiveness, for hope. And we pray, Lord, that as we are now invited to share in the bread and wine symbol of your body and your blood given and shed for us. This will mark a new step, a real step in our birth or rebirth in our relationship with you. Jesus, come, enter in our hearts bring us your hope and your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.